Welcome to If These Balls Can Talk, where each of us brings forth five topics to discuss. My name is Mark Pesci, and with me, as always, is the bill to my TED on this excellent adventure, John Companion. What's going on, John? Party on, Mark. Party on. That's a different movie. That's fine. <laughs> it's all from the late 80s, anyway. It's Isn't fine. that a different movie? It's, it's Wayne's World. Oh, yeah, it's Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. Be oh, that, and now you, okay, now you stole another one for me. Be excellent, Mark. Be excellent. Be excellent. Be excellent. How, how are things going, John? Going very well. Good. I am um, just kind of wishing the snow away at this point. Upstate New York, you guys got, got about killed. two feet, but uh-huh. Albany got like a rainy, slushy mess. And so I went to snowblow, and I almost ripped the wheels off my snowblower. And I said, "F it, it's going to be fifty on on Thursday." And it was. <laughs> we got nothing but rain on in Rhode Island. We got Mountain a little, got the little actual snow. two feet though, so it's yeah. um. You know, an impressive amount, as it were, for Absolutely. March 23rd. Absolutely. As per usual with us is our producer and our version of Doctor Who, Pete Steffen. How are you doing, Pete? Surviving. Got a little cold today, but it's all right. You got to make that time joke again? Essentially, that's that's why his, that's all, all of got. his people are uh, have something to do with time. Oh. Yeah. And I have the worst time. He doesn't even ever, have so. the time stone anymore, dude. That's a Doctor Who. <laughs> different, different. Not Doctor, Doctor. Strange. <laughs> anyway. I blame this cold on the snow. Spoiler alert, too, by the way. Yeah. I, I had to shovel the, the five inches of 20 pound per shovel load slush off my driveway as well because the plow was like, nope. 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 Maybe it was hanging out with a bunch of grown ass men in a small house over the weekend. Oh, not sleeping for like three days not, in a row? Yeah. Not sleeping for three days probably, in a row. Because we're not young anymore. Drinking too much, sleeping too little, and then doing that. that I think that pretty much did it. Yeah. Me for our off week, Pete and I went to a land party because we're real men. <laughs> Because that's what real men do. They play games. Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, With us today is our special guest, Andy Bowling. Welcome to the podcast, Andy. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's say we get to know our friend Andy, shall we? So Andy, Pete originally met you as part of a singing group many years ago, but we hear you're a massive fan of music in general, particularly rock and jam bands. You've also been to many shows, even following Fish on tour. So what has been your most memorable concert? Which band or artist, alive or dead, that you haven't seen is on your wish list? And what band would you absolutely recommend we go see live today? All right. So, um, you know, as far as like influential things, like I got to think Fish has got to be my number one. Um, (laughs) Maybe not necessarily like through all time. However, you know, like the first time I saw them, I was so excited that that was number one priority for a while in late high school, early college. So, so yeah, I definitely went to a lot of their shows. I definitely really enjoy fish. Um, and kind of your last two questions, it's kind of rolled into one, like, um, my favorite current band right now that I'm listening to mostly on vinyl is a uh, King Gizzard and the lizard wizard. That's which, a mouthful. Um, <laughs> Say that five it, times It fast. is a mouthful. It's a, it's a, it's wow. a long name, but they're, they're a pretty epic band. They do a little bit of everything. One of the albums I've been into lately, like they'll rap, they'll, do like straight up metal they'll do um you know kind of like funked out yacht rock sounding stuff so you know they're just all over the sonic spectrum i guess i would categorize them as kind of like a neo prog rock if i had to like make that sort of thing but i've been really into them lately listening to them and then um they're definitely one i want to see on my bucket list but you haven't seen them live yet i've not seen them live yet how did you hear about them friends of mine that like are also into the jam bands scene, got into them. And so, you know, I started checking them out on Spotify and then that led to like, 
buying an album and you know it's hard to keep up with they come out with like five albums a year and they release them all on vinyl so if you want to be really hardcore to Oof, hardcore dang. about it it gets a little crazy but can we just go back to sonic spectrum i really like that word <laughs> we can we can say sonic spectrum anytime you want sonic spectrum sonic spectrum <laughs> now do they just release albums on vinyl or do they have a digital platform as well so when they make an album typically they put it out on vinyl but they're uh, they put all their stuff out on like your typical streaming platforms like spotify any of that stuff so if you type them into spotify like an extensive musical library will come up and it's really pretty impressive how much music they've written considering they've been around since about like 2012 ish what does um like digital proclamation of music what has that done for the music scene you think like the ability for someone to like completely self-produce and self-publish you know i mean i think that it's uh it's made a lot of it like more organic right so i think that like it's really great that it gave people the freedom to express themselves without necessarily having to go through like a label or, you know, like play that like game or hierarchy to get your stuff out there. On the same token, it's probably a lot harder than ever as an artist to ever get noticed because just so much, you know, man. like there's, there's just so much out there and yeah. everything has it, like has so it made music better. You think, I mean, Ooh. I guess I think music's always going to be music, you know, like, it's 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 good and it's um creative and when it's organic and original and people are doing it because it's what they love to do i think it comes out great that's hella quotable andy yeah. just telling you that was really good yeah well you know like i mean when it gets to be a point where like the it's the artist's job and you can tell it's their job it's not that fun to listen to anymore so so i think like to say whether it's good or bad is really hard to do it's really a question of access, right? We have like unlimited access, which means there's like more people doing it than ever before. I guess generally in terms of art and creation and life, more people doing it and being excited about it is a good thing, right? It's hard to compare eras, really. It's like, we, we've talked about that when sports, but I would say the same thing for music. It's, it's different, so you, it's hard to really compare. It's not really an apples to apples comparison. Right. I talk about all the time whether or not artists like Carly Simon and James Taylor would be able to make it in today's music industry. I don't think they would. I mean, there's just so much exposure now from so many bands, so many people that like, right? You're right. Like the amount of people that can actually go and make a professional sounding record now is like exponentially more than it ever but like used to be. Like how many people that you know the name of, like Justin Bieber and Nicki Minaj were discovered on the internet? Yeah, that's true. Halsey was discovered on the internet. Charlie Puth uh, was discovered Olivia on the internet. Olivia Rodrigo, right? Olivia she Rodrigo was yeah. discovered on the internet. I mean, sure. like maybe more than more of like the the hyper celebrities than not these days even. So Andy, um, you've been a kindergarten teacher for well over a decade and have kept things fun and creative, like occasionally bringing your guitar in to play and sing for your students. What's it like shaping so many young minds? And what has being an educator taught you about yourself? Oh, geez. You are you went deep with that. Um yeah, deep cut, so, deep cut. <laughs> that's right. I I guess the thing that I always bear in mind, like when I'm, you know, with a room full of like uh young minds for the shaping, as you put it, it's really just being aware of myself and my feelings and my actions so that I can model like constructive and healthy ways for them to deal with their thoughts and their feelings. And, you know, kind of like build a community. I guess that's really what I try to do as an educator. You know, keep as many kids interested as possible, like 
And if they're not interested, figure out why and try to work around that and bring them back to the fact that like, you know, we're always, we're always better together when we're working towards a common goal. I guess that's what I really love about teaching is being able to take all these um, different perspectives and kind of like weave them together and form a community so that like, you know, people can learn and better themselves. So that's always kind of been like my approach. And that's what I'm like the most proud of. You know, there's a lot of content and content comes and content goes and methods and stuff. But really, if you can relate to people and really like kids are smaller people. <laughs> I love I love talking to kindergartners because a, they could just say some of the, the most fantastic things you've ever said in your entire life. But also, I get very sick of talking to adults sometimes. So it's nice yeah. to get that that innocence. It's a nice, yeah. fresh perspective, right? But it's just like yeah, so I, pure, probably from a kid that age. Well, they can be, brutal, tough, they can right? be brutally yeah. honest. Yeah, like, right. Don't, you don't have to sugarcoat it all the time. They can be brutally honest. <laughs> really? Okay, can you have an example that comes to mind? Oh, goodness. Yeah, you know, all right. So I spent a lot of times, I, I worked in a, a few settings where I would work with kids who were um, having a really hard time managing their emotions at like the kindergarten, a little bit older level. If you go to work, right, and, you know, you had coffee on the way in and, you know, like, obviously you didn't, don't carry a toothbrush in your pocket. Like, they'll tell you your breath stinks. They're like, man, your breath stinks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Awesome. Like, which you know, so that's, that's kind of like brutally honest. There's another thing that like some of the kids would do. That's like, uh, you know, they would put together, like, I would call them like super swears. Like they've heard these words and they have all these like curses, like kicking around in their heads sometimes, but they don't necessarily know how they're going to use them. So they'll like come out and they'll just like link two together because like, that's the most like powerful thing. Hey, <laughs> that's amazing. And what yeah. is your best super swear? The best super swear. Well, I'll, I'll go there, but I wasn't sure what kind of a show. No, this no, was, you but. can go there. All right. Yeah. So like, you know, the, it, it puts your life in like stark perspective when you've had the experience of being called an ass bitch by a five. <laughs> That's so I good. I love that so much. So much. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> did he say it really? Did they say it really seriously? Like they knew it was going to hurt your feelings? Yeah, like, no, with a little, like, flair, too. Like, you're an ass bitch. <laughs> wow. That's so amazing. good. I think five is a really tough age because, like, they're really starting to, like, be separate beings and, like, learn how being social and being in, like, a community, like you were saying, is. And so, not to say the pressure of it, but the pressure of that must be a lot, right? You have all these kids that are really newly away from their little safe home communities, and you're like, all right, now this is what it's like to be in a different community. Well, yeah, absolutely. And a community with, you know, vastly different expectations that than they're used to, right? Like, um, if you think about going from like the home where like a young child, especially if they don't have siblings, is like the center of everybody's world. You know what I mean? And like you're one they're one person and like all the adults in their world are centered on them and trying to give them what they need to go from that environment to being one of 20 and That's having to think about like, you know, what's the, what's in the best interest of the group and going from that, it's a big transition. And, you know, you have to really um, get down to like a kind of a basic human level to help them make the jump, you know? Very cool. <laughs> so that kind of reminds me a little bit too, real quickly, like there are probably 
you know, a lot more developed than a lot of us give kids that age credit for too. Like I just heard something in Sweden where like they make it a precedent to treat children just as adults, the same, like on an equal playing field, basically just, I mean, yes, younger and less experienced. Well, that's but stupid, honestly. I, I mean, I'm sure they are definitely five-year-olds. I know. Not I'm sure there's more, much more nuance to it than that, but um, it just never underestimate a kid. The thing that the thing that you learn about like kids in general is no matter how old they are, they believe that all they know is all there is it's, to yeah, know. Yeah, because mm. it's just perspective, right? It's just sure. I have learned everything. I understand the world, and they're like, "You're an ass bitch." And they get more <laughs> they get more stubborn about it the older they get too, because yeah, like, that's you true. know they've seen things. <laughs> they definitely learn a lot from experience. And have you taught any other ages? Yeah, I've actually taught um, every grade level from K through eight at one point in my career. Wow. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a special ed teacher, so I, I get moved around quite a bit in terms of like the grade level. Um, so it's not like, you know, a lot of times you'll think of someone who teaches third grade and they taught third grade for 25 years. But that's that's kind of not been my career experience. Hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been kind of all over the place um, in different settings. So though we didn't know each other while growing up, we both grew up in Western New York. Uh, can you back me up and talk about how sports fandom there is beyond normal and that the entire community's life and soul pretty much ebb and flow with our teams? Uh, yeah, I can. I can absolutely like back you up with that. Um, I mean, you know, there's there's no worse there's no worse thing than like having to face a Monday after the bills lose. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure like the economy actually dips. Yeah, no, like people, people it's, it's tough. You know, um, it's funny. There's like a term that goes around, right. It's, uh, I don't know if it's widely used, but, or maybe I made it, made it up. I don't know, but like, I won't take credit for it because it's probably been out there, but like the Buffalo Aloha. I haven't heard of that one. You haven't heard of that one? Go Bills. It means everything. It oh, means yes. Oh, hello, okay. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye. You know, yes. you know, I'm sorry okay. that there was a tragedy last week. Um, how are you doing? <laughs> like anything. Okay. Like, you see someone on the street, like it's like go bills, and that just encompasses like I think the Sox have the same thing. It's a it's a similar phrase in the New England area, Mark. Uh it's very similar. Yeah, yeah. Very I mean But there's like sure. a swax at the end of it. A swax, <laughs> yeah. It's it's very swax. Boston accent. <laughs> Yeah, it is a special thing. Okay, I know what you mean now. I just hadn't heard it called that. Yeah, I mean that I've I've met Bills fans on a boat uh, on on the bottom of a ship tanker in Greece going across the Aegean Sea, who was a German resident, and yet we talked about the Bills for like an hour on this ship. So that just shows you. So yeah, well, or anytime I go, anytime I go on vacation, right, like with my you know wife and kids like me and my kids wear our bills shirts and we count how many go bills we get <laughs> and like you know like one one day in disney world we got like 30 go bills like it was it was pretty impressive like you know just like <laughs> go bills i see the shirt go bills go bills go bills <laughs> and you know it's just cool like you know we wore them in santa fe last week and people would be like oh buffalo bill like you know and stop and talk to us like you know it, it is it's uh regional sigil i guess <laughs> for, yeah. for lack of a better term but for sure and i mean i'm sure it's yeah. not the only market like that but it just it's, it's the one that we know the best so it's just kind Absolutely. of fun to, to point it out so as a, a bit of a follow-up to that like so the the bills mafia or i mean even buffalo sports mafia mindset does that make it easier or harder do you think to branch out to being a broader sports fan like it's limiting in a certain way like for me i don't 
get into anything like I get into Bill's football. Well, I've noticed you're wearing a Yankees hat. I, I am wearing I am wearing a Yankees hat. Sorry <laughs> if that offends you. Hell yeah. Well, <laughs> it only offends me. Yeah, you cry in your suit, Mark. Socks are terrible. Yeah, no, I, I mean, hey, we were I'm undefeated always... in spring training for a while. I love how people were bragging about that. By the way, <laughs> well, that's—I mean, you know—that's silly. That's <laughs> very <laughs> silly. That's very silly. Yeah, but, we haven't lost a game that doesn't matter yet. Mm. But, but yeah, you know, I, I am also a Yankees fan. But you know, I mean, I've seen the Yankees win what five championships in I my mean, life. You're not going to be a Buffalo Bisons fan, dude. So it's all right. You can, be, you can be a Yankees fan. It's all right. We'll let yeah. you. Yeah. No, but, <laughs> we'll but I'm just saying, like, you know, I've seen the Yankees win five championships. I've never seen the Bills win one. You know, it's uh, that's okay. No one has. So, you. <laughs> I know that's true. Well, thanks. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I mean, depending on, depending on your thing, I've got the pictures right up here. The 65 AFL championship Buffalo oh, yeah. Bills. My grandfather saw true. that. Yeah. Pre-merger. They won the biggest game they could. You saw a lot of Super Bowls that you lost, and that's fun. Hey, yeah, that was rough. I mean, if we're if we're gonna count AFL championships, then we should also count, you know, arena football championships. Tom Grady, you know, the Go Tom Grady. But those teams didn't end up in the NFL, right? Yeah, the Arena Football League was so good that the NFL is inviting them to join. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, with Tom Brady retired, I think Tom Grady needs to come take his place. So. How how old is Tom Grady? Do we know, John? We we don't no. know. I don't know how old Tom Grady is. is he, Tom is he, Grady, he's, Tom he's Grady a is a national. He's a national hero. Is he younger like, than Tom Albany, Brady? Albany Arena football hero, at least. I mean, if he's still playing, I'm guessing he's younger than Tom Brady. <laughs> Andy, in case you didn't know, our our Albany uh, what what is our team name? The Albany Empire. Empire. Albany Empire's quarterback is named Tom Grady. Number 12 and is one of the best in the the he's league. Thir- he's 38. He's a wow. two-time Oof. arena football MVP. With three championships, there you go. So. Do we have a photo of him? Are we sure it's not like Tom Brady, like dressed it's, up? <laughs> I'll tell it's you, actually, Tom Brady. I'll tell you, it, he looks like if Tom Brady lived in Florida, mm. which he does. But now, he does so. live in Florida. I think he does. <laughs> well, we'll have to share Tom Brady. You know, we've talked about him a lot in the podcast. We haven't actually shared a picture of you him. You know we'll what we should that. do? We, yeah, we need Tom to. Brady. If you're listening, we'd love to interview you. Absolutely. Yes. He can go to the studio in Clifton Park because it'll be like a little bit official. He's there got his go. stuff. Ooh, I got another microphone. Let's plug him in. I just want to. I just want to interject before we get started. Tom Grady, six seven, two forty five. He's got a oh, football body. He's taller. Holy he's shit. taller than Tom Brady. Though I didn't know he was that big. He's a beast. No wonder he's undefeated. Yeah, he could yeah, be. He could be a strong middle linebacker. <laughs> it's like Josh Allen size right there. Well, that's what I, I was just about to say. He's probably got a job on like scout teams trying to simulate Josh Allen if he wants it. Maybe at that size. Damn. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's that's insane. All right, gentlemen, let's say we get started. Are we ready? Hell Ooh. yeah. So the new NFL year officially started on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time and teams did not take long to make big moves. There have been some big free agent signings like quarterbacks Derek Carr to the Saints and Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. Offensive linemen like Jawan Taylor to the Chiefs. Mike McGlinchey to the Broncos and Orlando Brown Jr. to the Bengals. And finally, big defensive players like Javon Hargrave to the 49ers, Tremaine Edmonds to the Bears, sorry Bills fans, and it's Jesse okay. Bates the third to the Falcons. We've also seen big trades like DJ Moore to the Bears for the number one pick, Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins, and Stefan Gilmore to the Cowboys. So, gentlemen, 
What has been the biggest transaction thus far during the NFL offseason? Can we just talk about Darren Waller to the Giants, man? You know what? We I didn't bring Darren Waller to. That's a What's big wrong? one too. What's that's wrong a big with one you too. talking to me and didn't bring up Darren Waller? <laughs> he was waiting for you to do it. I was oh actually. God. I figured that's what you were going to say, so I, I. That's why I didn't. I didn't mention it. So, firstly, I'm going to bring up the Darren Waller trade because it looks like the Giants are here to play. The Giants stole him from the Raiders. St- Stole him. Like, what's wrong with Josh McDaniels? For essentially (laughs) Kadarius Tony, maybe, and not the last two years he was hurt, but over the last four, maybe a top five tight end. Yeah. Yeah, he's still good. Really? Like, he's huge. He's a number, he is automatically their number one receiving target. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and, and you just, it like he's huge. It's like just breaks up the whole field. For, and he's going to be so angry that the Raiders let him go. So, so angry that he has to live far away from his brand new wife. Oh, right. Yep. He just got married to a starter on the, uh, uh, the Las Vegas aces. That's oh, called. a basketball player. Yeah, Las Vegas Aces. And um they're going to have tall I, kids. They're going to have really tall kids. So yeah, I'm really excited about the Darren Waller trade. I think they got Darren Waller for a steal, and I think with Darren Waller, with Saquon Barkley now, with Darius Slayton as of today, with my boy Danny Dimes, um I think they're going to be kind of frightening. At least, you know, more they're going to contend. Season. They're going to contend. Yeah, they should. I think the the biggest move hasn't happened yet. And it's it's amidst a crazy quarterback who is living in the dark for four days and seems all but certain or like all like is it all together? I don't know. <laughs> he says it is, but who knows? The Packers are asking who knows for if a he's lot. The truth. I know. I mean, he asked the Jets for them to sign all his all his BFFs. It's a BFF. Which trade. They have. They, he they've seems done it. Super crazy, yeah. and I think it's going to be a big Bobby Bonilla style washout. <laughs> One million dollars a year. <laughs> you know who's really yeah. trying hard too? Besides the Giants, the Saints are trying really hard. I Don't think are they? I, they just signed Jamal Williams today. Most touchdowns in the 2022 season. So I think maybe. I've never been that hot on Jamal Williams though. But most touchdowns in the 2022 season. Yeah, because they they just they ram him into the <laughs> into the end zone like 80 times a With game. With Mike Thomas and Derek Carr on a fresh team, I think the Saints are a contender. I agree. Like. uh he was going to be my pick for the biggest free agent move that's happened so far. Um, I mean, bringing a running back like that, like you said, they already have talent and couple him with Derek Carr. I think there's a lot of things that have to go right for the Saints to be like, you know, Super Bowl contenders. But like they they're definitely division. they definitely upgraded and they're I think they're the favorites at this point to win that division. As Kamara ever had like a. 1A, like uh, every down back for him. Uh, Mark, yeah, Mark Ingram, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Jamal Williams is much better than Mark Ingram. I would Could agree be. with that. Well, now, yeah. The only thing that worries me, though, is with uh, Kamara's whole assault charges and stuff. Well, he, I mean, maybe he that's why they get Jamal for, Williams because Elvin that, Kamara's that going be. to jail. Yeah, I have a feeling Jamal's going to have to carry quite a load this season. Never mind that. Are we sad about that? Are you going to... Did you, well, did you my miss your shot team. in He's your dynasty team? He's not going to jail. He's not My fantasy league is very sad about it. Yeah, I think you missed your shot, man. I think you had it this year. It was was the the Bills Bengals game away from a championship that screwed Explain me. Explain that ending to the fans, please, so that they understand which ending to that, to that you were season? in the Dynasty League oh, yeah. eight hundred dollar payout Super Bowl, and I that was. 
your game and got came, essentially canceled because yep. of the Bills Bengals game. We had we had I had three players in the Bills Bengals game: uh, T. Higgins, Dawson Knox, and uh, I forget who else, but uh, maybe a defensive player and somebody else. It was coming down to the wire, and then well, the unthinkable happened, and the awful tragedy that befell Demar Hamlin. And thank God he's okay. But yeah, you're just it's, like uh, I guess we have to call it. Well, I mean, yeah, you were the losing. commissioner and and him and I got in a meeting, and the three of us like argued for like two days over like what we should do. But it came down to where I'm like, well, let's add up everybody's average score that didn't play and see what the end result was. And he still got me by a little bit. So that was that. But I missed a, out. That was my best shot, man. <laughs> it was definitely a, an odd situation that but hopefully won't happen again. But yeah. And now Alvin Kamara is going to prison. Probably. He's not, he's not going to prison. <laughs> yeah. All right, real quick. I actually think that out of the, oh, the ones that I mentioned, Stefan Gilmore to the Cowboys is going to be the a pretty big deal because now that gives them kind of two shutdown cornerbacks and uh also you can teach and, Trayvon Diggs too and also uh one I didn't mention that I think is going to be really huge Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars because that gives that gives uh Trevor Lawrence a true number one wide receiver now oh I forgot he's going to the Jaguars that's a big one there yeah, were that, so many moves so far it is literally blowing my mind a lot of moves next topic so even though we sort of mentioned it, I'm going to keep on the train a little bit. The New York Jets received a wish list of players from QB Aaron Rodgers. That includes Odell Beckham Jr., as well as his besties, Randall Cobb, Al Lazard, and Mercedes Lewis. The Jets, however, have three returning starters at receiver, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Corey Davis. Wilson being the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. So guys... You know my feelings about the trash human that has become Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the list continues to seem like the rantings of a lunatic, where he makes a request for all his best friends to come join him on his new team. So, do you think the Jets will bite to have Aaron Rodgers? And is dropping players like Wilson for an aging Randall Cobb a good idea? So, I'm, I'm going to jump right in here. First of all, if you're an NFL quarterback and you're not excited about working with a talent like Wilson, like, why are you even still playing? You know, like... Aaron Rodgers is a special human being. Yeah, I know. Oh my God, that's like, such so, a good point. Garrett Wilson is amazing. And he just came amazing. out. Of, I mean, like, wow, what a season, right? Like, what? Like, you're like, he's already there. And you're like, oh, I need this receiver, that receiver, this receiver. No, like, get your butt there. Like, build some chemistry with this awesome, young, talented dude and see what happens. I mean, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I feel personally like Aaron Rodgers has lost, like, the zest his, for his mind. <laughs> well, or, or like, or like, I was going to say like the zest for competition, like, right. Like, cause I mean, at some point, like in any profession, if you're not interested in taking on a new challenge, or if you're not like working on building relationships, what happens? You eventually like, it just doesn't work anymore. And I kind of feel like that's sort of what happened with him in green Bay. And I don't think bringing a bunch of green Bay people in are going to, um, you know, fix that. The other thing is if, if I were the Jets and I'm not, and like the Jets do things in a different way they have for many years, I would pivot hard and fast away from Aaron Rodgers just because like, think about Aaron Rodgers and his um, mindset and put that in a New York media market 
and put that on a team where at some point last year, um, you know, they went from like Zach Wilson is our guy to being like, I'm not, I'm sick of playing with that dude. And like, there was talk in the room, it was a whole mess. Aaron Rodgers strikes me as a pretty like uh, dude, um, for lack of a better word. And I, you know, I just, I just don't know that it's a fit. There, there's a lot of things working against this trade. Like, first of all, Aaron Rodgers is owed $59 million next year. That's a huge Ooh. hit to the salary cap. Now, more than likely, they will renegotiate that. Uh, who, who knows what will happen? But the Jets don't have an exorbitant amount of money to spend, too. So it's it's very interesting. The, the other thing that really piques my interest in this is the fact that how many years is Aaron Rodgers going to play? Like I give I, it two tops. I don't. I think it's just going to be one. I really do. So? Like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Listen, as as we've clearly defined on this show, he is John's favorite person in the whole wide world. <laughs> he is a special human being, and he is uh, trying to use a security blanket with Randall Cobb. By the way, Randall Cobb, in terms of wide receiver, is very old. He's like a hundred, man. Mercedes Lewis also is kind of on the like downhill. Like a hundred, and I don't know. Out of, out of all your tight why would you want Mercedes Lewis in all seriousness? But uh, but you're absolutely Garrett Wilson, phenomenal talent. Uh, Corey, Corey Davis is also pretty good. Although is is he still on the roster? I don't I don't know off the top of my head. They still have Mims too. They, He's good. They, Bryce Hall is going to be your is it Hall is that name? I forget now. That that the yeah. rookie running back last year who unfortunately got hurt, but he should be healthy, I believe, by the time the season starts. And they have an up and coming defense. If I were Aaron Rodgers, I would want to play on the Jets for free because that team is built to win. Now, do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, but they're going to be a contender. Yeah, they're, they're, they scare me with Rodgers as a Bills fan. That roster is by better than any Packers team that he's ever had. Did you see uh, Zach Wilson today? He's making threats. I'm sorry. Does does, does anyone really care about Zach Wilson at this point? Zach Wilson said he's going to make the new quarterback's life hell. He's saying this to Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, who's (laughs) essentially in diapers. I can can picture him with a big pouty face and whatever like that. He's like, I'm going to make the coach hell. He's got such a stupid punchable face, too. He's such such a punchable face. (laughs) Yeah. Stuff stuff like that bothers Rodgers, though, because he's a weirdo. This is true. They're not going to let, uh, they're not going to be near each other, I think. Even in the quarterback no, room. Be there, allowed there's going to be two separate Rogers. quarterback rooms. Like there's going to be Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and then everyone else. Probably. I'm just glad that they <laughs> went for Rodgers, though, and not uh, Lamar Jackson, because that would have made me scared for a long time. Yep. Uh, Lamar Jackson, unfortunately, I think is going to remain a Raven because I. The mm. price, I think, is. I, 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 I know that contradicts what I said earlier because I thought he was going to get traded, but. It it def- definitely looks like he's not because the price tag is too high, like thirty two million dollars at least, and two first round picks. Yeah, that's a lot. The Ravens are a very smart organization. Hey, how about a next topic? This time of year usually features the best in men's and women's college basketball in the NCAA tournaments, officially known as March Madness. Never mind the title game is in April though. With it comes loads of people filling out brackets and betting on who picks the most winners. The American Gaming Association estimated that more than 17% of American adults wagered $3.1 billion on last year's tournament, and they're expecting that number to be uh, to eclipse $10 billion this year. So, gentlemen, how many brackets did we fill out this year, and who do we think are the favorites to win the tournament? 
Oof. I got to tell you, and you know how much I love to gamble. I did not fill out one bracket this year. And I'm very sad because literally I'm working it snuck today. snuck up on us, right? I'm working today. And, and um, we had this whole conversation, um, you, me, and, and somebody else. And um, I was just like, oh, shit, the games start today. I didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. It started, like, I remember being younger. Oh, my God. I, was, I filled out, like, maybe four, five, six, seven brackets or whatever like that. I only got the deadline this time because i was pretty much filled it out when it came out and then i forgot about it until today because you know we're old and life just catches up to you but who who did i pick i actually did change my winner though at the last second because i did pick kansas to win it Mm. but that would be tough to do back to back and bill self is having some health issues right now i forget who i think i changed it to houston houston who is the the overall number one seed right now pete andy did you did you guys do any brackets so yeah, I filled out two brackets. Um, the first one I picked Kansas to win. Um, I think that their experience last year is going to help them out. Um, the thing I just like, I had a lot of them in tournaments in the past, so I guess I kind of went with the blue blood instead of uh, kind of the new team, even though they're both really good. Um, my second bracket I filled out, I filled out for Kentucky because for some reason I just always what? fill out a bracket and pick Kentucky and see what happens. I actually have Kentucky losing in the first round to my hometown team, Providence. You know who I would love to see go far? Gonzaga. Gonzaga deserves a win. They're pretty good this year. Do they? You they know, just deserve a win. You know, John Jimmy, Stockton would be so happy. John Stockton would be so happy. But, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel has a longstanding uh, gag about the fact that he thinks Gonzaga is a fake university. <laughs> It's amazing because he can't. He's, so he's, he doesn't know anyone that's really ever gone there. Although maybe he should have John Stockton on the show. Uh, and he's he's like looked it up on the internet, and it's, it's like a, he says it's like a fake website. Um, if I had to pick clearly Kansas um, winning last year, I like Purdue. Purdue's pr- been pretty fun to watch this year. They were the clear number one for the first half of the year. And then they seem to, in the second half, especially in the Big Ten tournament, too, they kind of seem to get figured out. I don't think Bama's going to get past their drama still. I think that's a little too much for them to win a tournament, just the way it hits your head, especially in the later rounds. What, yeah, what do we think about Brendan Miller still being like on the team? I don't like that at all. Seriously. <laughs> it's a little gross. Seriously. Honestly. Alabama has clearly decided that they are more interested in having a good basketball team than essentially what is morally and ethically correct. Right. For sure. For sure. Um, I think that his like slight separation has given them a little bit of moral platitudes, at least in their like marketing minds. And I think that's really sad. I haven't been able to follow this year too much, really. Um, But it does remind me, though, it did kind of sneak up on us. Um, I I did hear about it. uh, They're talking about it on uh, some sports radio this morning. And I was like, oh, right it's that time of year so you know maybe i will tune in for a couple games this year actually an interesting tidbit of information north carolina was actually out of the tournament and they were invited to the nit which for those that don't know is kind of the lower tiered postseason tournament and for college basketball Uh, at one point it was actually the higher one i don't know really what Mm. uh turned it around but they actually refused the invitation and they decided not to go to the nit tournament Who's your who's your long shot pick, Mark? My long shot pick is probably what's Mar- si- Marquette. What sixteenth seed do you have going the furthest? Oh, I don't have any sixteenth seed. But oh, my, come on, I need a sixteen, man. I will say this: I did pick Virginia to go to the Elite Eight, and they lost in the first round today. You know, if you bet ten dollars on the Princeton Tigers, you can win five thousand. I think they also lost. <laughs> <laughs> probably because they're terrible. Because they're an Ivy League team. 
Sad to not see like Syracuse or Canisius in this bracket anywhere this year. <laughs> or Albany, Albany made it a few. Albany, years yeah, ago. Albany even got in there once. Yeah, they get in sometimes. Sienna gets in sometimes. Oh, Sienna, yeah. Next topic. All right, so I know I mentioned it, you guys, but um, let's just talk about it officially. The New York Giants are finalizing a deal to get tight end Darren Waller from the Las Vegas Raiders for the hundredth overall pick in the uh, 2023 NFL Draft from their Kadarius Tony trade, essentially training one of the best tight ends in football for Kadarius Tony, which I'm really excited about. Uh, the 30-year-old revitalized his career with the Raiders, generating back-to-back 1,100-yard seasons in 19 and 20. And while having his 21 and 22 campaigns derailed by injury, I think Darren Waller probably still one of the best tight ends in football. Um, so what do we feel about this trade? Does it instantly make the Giants, Saquon Barkley, and even sophomore Daniel Bellinger instantly better? And do you think the Giants might be contenders? Does it make them better? Absolutely, because Darren oh, yeah. Waller is still a good talent. The fact that he wasn't really utilized in Josh McDaniel's system, it kind of baffles me. It kind of has also has a little bit to say about Josh McDaniels being a little rigid in the fact that he wants everyone to fit his system versus finding something that suits everyone else that's on that that team. Having someone in the middle of the field for Daniel Jones... I mean, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Will the Giants be a contender? I think they will because their defense is still relatively young and they're up and coming as well. Now, are they better than the Cowboys and are they better than the Eagles? Oof. I don't think they're better than the Eagles, even though the Eagles lost a lot of pretty good defensive talent. Are they better than the Cowboys? That's... That's kind of out right now because, as I've mentioned before, I think get them getting Stefan Gilmore is huge because that's going to be a huge boost to their defense. Look at that, all that money they're going to get back by burning Z- uh, by Zeke. Zeke. Down I was just week. about to mention oh, yeah. that. I was about they that's release uh, they release Ezekiel Elliott. Now, to me, that's amazing because there was like four years left on the on the deal, and I don't know how, how much, much do they eat on that contract. That's a great question. I don't honestly know. It was there was like fifty six million dollars left on the on the contract, but they're they're not going to eat all of that. No. So we'll see. We'll see what happens after. Yeah. But and there's a possibility that he'll actually get still re-signed by. The Cowboys just obviously had a much lower figure. I mean, they need an they need another running back. Tony Pollard is not while he's a good back, he's not going to be healthy for game for week one. Oh, I forgot he was hurt. And uh, I mean, now they could easily just draft someone. I mean, there's a you you could easily draft running backs out of college now. A lot of them are are pro ready right out of college these days, and because they're just built like tanks. We'll we'll see. My my feeling is that they probably will do better than the Cowboys because I think Mike McCarthy is a big dumpster fire and we'll, yeah. he's, that's a sinking ship. So I think they'll finish second in the NFC East behind the Eagles and, and they will contend, I think. So I got to ask you a question, right? Where are the Giants finding this much money to pay football players? I don't know. The Saints do this every single year too. They start like $50, $60 million over the cap at the end of the each year <laughs> and they somehow make it under the cap. Now, who really calls them on it and, and whatnot? I don't know if, they, if, if the NFL really cares about that. There's, Come there's on, also guys. The these, salary cap isn't real. There's special accounting math. They, they, I, I don't know. I used to have friends in accounting, and they would always, always try to t- teach me. It's like, yeah, this is what we add and subtract. Is like, this isn't real math. Accounting no, math is not real math. That's all yeah. I got to say about that. Uh, back to the, the Giants and Waller, I, I was going to put in that 
I'm curious to see what Brian Dable does here uh, with him because I didn't really see a whole ton of tight end centric stuff with the Bills, but you know he has he didn't have Darren Waller. <laughs> no, he right he didn't have Darren Waller. He had an emerging Dawson Knox, but I think Waller is on an, on another level. So and he had be... a Kenny Galladay who apparently didn't want to play for the Giants. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious to see what, what he's going to do there, though. I think what he is going to get featured. Like what happened to, wait, what happened to Kenny Galladay? Is he still a free agent? I hope so. He should he's never a, get another He's even older than Randall Cobb, life. isn't he? No. No, I don't think no. he's older. And I don't think anyone's okay. older than Randall Cobb, let's be that's, honest. That's very no. true. He plays older than Randall Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> he Cobb was really good last year. So yeah. silly. Like, Galladay is still a massive human being, so he he should be a pretty good wide receiver. But for whatever reason, he just wasn't in New York. Mm. He just took took his money and went home. Get to the chopper for the next topic. Nice. I thought you were going to say, like, get to the next topic. Get to the next topic now. Get to the topic. Get down for the next topic. So Tiger Woods is notably the greatest golfer of our generation. He has been credited on this podcast multiple times for revolutionizing the game and expanding golf's reach to the masses. With that has also come lots of scrutiny, including some issues with drugs and some really public breakups. Most recently, it has been noted that ex-girlfriend Erica Herman wants to be released from her NDA with Woods. Her attorney has said there are allegations of sexual abuse. Meanwhile, Woods' attorney says a $30 million lawsuit is just retaliation for Woods breaking up with her last October. So, gentlemen, what do we think about Tiger Woods' uses of NDAs, and do we have thoughts on Herman trying to get out of it? First of all, would you ever sign an NDA to be in a relationship with someone? Yeah, no. No. I mean, was it a relationship with Tiger Woods or was, someone with yep. the amount of money Tiger Woods has? Exactly. I think maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think that when you are a personality of the, um, and maybe not in 2023, but maybe, you know, maybe when he's winning every, every major, um, maybe you have to. I mean, there's a certain degree of personal liability that I think... Um, let's just not call Tiger Woods a regular celebrity, right? He was kind of a garbage fire when he was very famous, but like that you have to take as a, someone with a lot of money being in a relationship with someone without a lot of money. And um, I don't necessarily think it's insane that he's requiring people to sign legal documents. Well, an NDA is definitely different than say a prenuptial agreement or something but like, like that. What do you do when you're not marrying people and you still want a level of deniability because it will impact your image greatly? Right. Oh, he's totally. Uh, the funny thing is, yes, he's big on privacy and he's big on image, and yet he's done some major damage some, to his image some, over uh, the years. Yeah. Some fucked yeah, up seriously. Stuff. But do you think people? Do you think Dark Jeter ever had his one night stand signed an NDA in addition to getting a gift basket? I uh, maybe honestly. Um, towards the <laughs> end there, um, what was who was the who was the actress he dated towards the end of his career? I don't remember. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. He he definitely made the rounds, Derek Jeter. Of course, Derek Jeter also not worth as much as Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods currently is worth half a billion dollars, which is amazing Ooh. to me, considering he had a very public divorce with Elon Nordegren, who must have gotten a substantial part of that, of the wealth that he had at the time. You're, you're, he, does he reserve some kind of protection, especially if people are going to go out to get him? Like there, there was a former security guard that uh, something fell on his property and sued him for uh, money. And but I mean, that's the thing, right? And and I guess especially after he made such a mess of his image, I think being protective of his image is smart. Yeah, you I know? agree with that. Like, I mean, I think his staff probably needs to understand that it's a business and, and to a somewhat 
extension, maybe his romantic partners. Now, do I want to give Tyra Woods a pass for being kind of a scumbag? No, I don't. I don't think I don't I don't mind people taking Tiger Woods' money personally, but just like in a kind of a theoretical standpoint, that's where I kind of why I'm on the fence. Andy, you have so, any thoughts? I think from Tiger Woods' perspective, I can see why he'd be having people he's going to be in a relationship with sign an NDA. But for me, if I was the person he was asking to sign the NDA, I'd be like, uh, that'd be a red flag, right? I mean, like a scarlet flag. Like, That's why is he thinking. doing this? I, you know, if you're going to get into a relationship with someone who's like, sign this NDA, like, and you do it, like, he's not asking you to sign an NDA for no reason. I mean, it could be that he's just trying to protect his interests. It also could be that. He's kind of a scumbag, as you said before, like personally, right? You know, uh, like I said, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough maybe? web. And when someone's that famous and there's that much money on the table, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Really well, true. keep in mind, too, non-disclosure agreements, NDAs tend to be about talking and not necessarily about money. So yeah. the, now the, thing, the, the other thing is that it, it is kind of convenient how this $30 million lawsuit came out after they broke up so who who's really to believe I, I don't know i guess we'll we'll find out i guess what what is going to happen uh i believe they were dating since 2019 maybe 2017 i i didn't quite look up that but it was it was a good amount of time and they were living together at the uh for a while as well and uh, i guess if i was worth half a billion dollars would i try to protect myself with ndas probably not and so the story i remember from derek cheater was there was a rumor that he gave uh jessica alba herpes and so maybe oh. he did need an NDA. i remember that now <laughs> i remember yeah. it was jessica alba that's right. right jessica alba and the one i was actually thinking of was jordana brewster he dated jordana brewster as well oh and jessica alba and Adriana Lima, man, this man's slayed. <laughs> Seriously. Holy shit. Seriously. I was going to get into the, I guess, there's some new laws even about this NDA where it could be challenged in court to be annulled, but I don't know. I, we well, don't so, really know. yeah, the whole thing with, with, um, <clears throat> with Tiger's ex-girlfriend is, first of all, she broke the NDA by alleging something, uh, sexual, oh, so sexual she's abuse already, or, yeah. or harassment. That is a clause in the NDA saying that it, it could be null and void if, if that were to happen. Mm -hmm. But why is she just bringing this up now and not when they were in a relationship? Yeah, who knows? Who knows what happens? Yeah. But. I got a next topic. So while always being a proponent of students profiting off their own image, Alabama head coach Nick Saban spoke out this week against the NCAA's uh, new name image likeness rules. He stated, uh, the issue is when you create collectives for people, are you establishing a pay for play type of environment that can be used for recruiting? So now all of a sudden, guys are not going to school where they can create the most value for their future. Guys are going to school where they can make the most money. Uh, in 2021, the NCAA voted and approved a change in the rules regarding uh, name image likeness, stating that students can sell training camps, autographs social media posts, sponsorship, and more. This is a drastic change to when only universities were allowed to profit off student likeness. So what do we feel about name image likeness? Large backer contracts being offered to students like Jaden Rashida in Florida and the future of college football. So the concept of name image and likeness is, uh, I, I believe it should be in play. However, with things with how things are today things are just people are just taking it way out of proportion and there's just, just so much money uh, behind the scenes in college athletics it's not even funny 
So with what Nick Saban is kind of, you know, he's essentially crying wolf on this because, you know, the rules changed and drastically overnight. So he essentially had to change his the way he recruits. Listen, the way that Nick Saban had to recruit before is you come to me, you will become an NFL player and you'll make a lot of money and you'll win championships potentially. Now, oh, well, you can make a lot of money going somewhere else and, you know, having them sign you to this kind of endorsement deal or something like that. So Saban is kind of crying the fact that, oh, now I have to change how I recruit and and whatnot. I mean, we saw it, the proof was in the pudding this past year. Alabama was not in the in the playoffs this past season, and they were not really in contention at all during the the football season. Uh, so well, I bring up the Jaden Rashida um, situation because I mean he had thirteen million dollars promised if he yeah. went to Florida. Yeah. Thirteen million dollars to go to Oof. college, and so the backer group, uh, the 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 Gators backer group that was going to give him that contract rescinded it and so he was like well i'm not going there anymore and i think he landed in houston or arizona but can you blame these guys i mean if you're going to dangle that money in front of them of course they're going to go wherever the big i don't blame the students at all yeah that's what pro athletes do now that's the beginning of their professional careers and if that's the beginning of their professional careers and it kind of is to a point because like you're building a brand right um like the the nike movie uh for air jordans is coming out and Mm -hmm. like that movie with uh, with with Damon and Affleck. That movie showed the beginning of Nike and how Michael Jordan became the pretty much just the the shoe of Nike. But he did that when he was a rookie before anybody knew him. And I mean, so name image likeness is important, and I agree that it should be part of it. But I don't know if we want to be paying college athletes to attend colleges. We kind it, of already are with scholarships. Like they're I mean, go, they're going there for free. This is a way bigger scale. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like if you take. If he go and just because it's a really clear example, if he, if Jaden Rashida goes to become a Gator and he's reminded every day that he hears he's here to play football and not to go to classes, he's not going to learn shit. He's just not. Do they learn shit any before? Come on, let's I mean, be serious. <laughs> let's be serious. They're supposed to. I know they're supposed to be college student. They're supposed to be student athletes. But let's be honest, they're. They're not. They're not. I mean, you think not, about it, right? Not a, not a regular. At student. least, at least the bigger ones, like the ones, yeah. the ones that probably aren't going to go to to pros and whatnot. They're probably going to take it a little bit more seriously. But the ones that know they're going to the professional level, come on, let, let's be serious. They're not going to classes at all. I mean, Tua gets replaced this year, right? Like he does. Like maybe by Tom Brady. Not by Tom Brady. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, right. When when Miami decides on this big push that they're doing and they're spending a lot of money now, um, that they're done with the two experiment. Because once they decide that it's time, he has no marketable skills. He's just a guy who didn't get he didn't get his generationally wealthy contract and he made enough money for a little while. But isn't that isn't that an argument for letting him make money while he's a star at Alabama? I think that's an argument for mm-hmm. making college a- student athletes go to college. And maybe that's just the dad in me. I don't know. Well, yeah, because I think the number is like less than one percent of college football athletes make it to the NFL or something like that. It's it might be even worse. And I mean, than let's that. think about all the current NFL washout QBs, right? That are gonna be done soon. And there are more than 10 of them. There's a lot. But if you had an opportunity in your 20s to make millions of dollars, wouldn't you want to take advantage of that? 
I mean, sure, but I made a lot of bad Absolutely. decisions when I was 20. I mean, yeah. in, all, in all seriousness, if someone's willing to pay millions of dollars to someone to go to this school or to sell this product, you know, that's good on them. That's not going to really affect me, though, in all seriousness. Am no. I going to buy something because some random college athlete says that he wants me to buy it? No. That just also proves that there's way too much money in college sports. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's a given. I mean, but even still, like, if a guy goes to college... And he plays football and say like he gets $13 million or get that $13 degree. Is your college degree necessarily worth a million dollars all the time? Of course not. Like I think depending on what you do with your degree, that's like a argument you could make. You know, there's no, there's, there's no right answer to that question. There, there is really no, is. I mean, no, I, I really like part, yeah. ans- asking no right answer questions. Because I fully makes- side with all the students, but like, also, my God, there's way too much money getting thrown around. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it was gross before that Alabama would make so much money off their athletes. And if those athletes wanted to sign a, a, a autograph for money, they would literally be suspended on the spot. I'm sorry. You know, if Nick Saban yeah. was a little bit more likable, he could probably get more people to get to pay for the athletes that he wanted he's to recruit. A, he's such a prick. <laughs> that's, that's part of the thing. Like one of the reasons, one of the reasons Nick Saban's so upset is because he's not the sun and the moon and the stars for these no, kids anymore. No, no. Like it used to go in there and it was like, I'm Nick Saban. You're going to tell my line. You're going to do everything the way I say it because I'm Nick Saban. And now there's like a transfer portal and I could get an endorsement. Oh, we didn't even talk about else. the transfer so, portal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it better than when the colleges just got really wealthy exploiting these kids that were playing sports <laughs> for them. That's true. Yeah. I guess now, if the money is going to go somewhere, I may as well right, go to the that students. That is also bad. So like, where are we? Where have we landed? We should have landed somewhere in the middle, but of course we can't do that. Next topic. Nearly two years ago, there was a horrific accident on location for the Western movie Rust that involved actor Alec Baldwin and resulted in the death of Elena Hutchins. Baldwin has pled not guilty to involuntary manslaughter, and two others have also been charged, including the production's armor, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, with involuntary manslaughter, and assistant director Dave Hall with a misdemeanor weapons charge, and both say they are not guilty. The whole dispute as to why there were live rounds in the gun to begin with has been an ongoing discussion, and Baldwin says that he was told the gun was never loaded. So, gentlemen, who do we feel is to blame for the wrongful death on the set of Rust? Man. I mean, it has to be the armor, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it yeah, just has to I be. Think so, yeah. It's literally your job. She's the one that put in the rounds, right? Or yeah. maybe she should have checked the gun beforehand whether there were there was ammunition and in it. I, I don't know if yeah. manslaughter is the right charge, but it's definitely reckless endangerment. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. at the very least, the armor should be like the one responsible for it. Pete, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How easy it is, because it feels like it should be easy to simulate muzzle flare. In a movie. We do it all the time. All the time, right? Why are we even loading guns anymore? Seriously. You know, it's a very good question. Um, most shows that we do, like, like Outer Banks, there's there's a bunch of guns. Like shotguns, you name it. We add all that shit later. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they needed to have even fake ammunition. Sometimes, okay, it can be useful. Sometimes the bullet casing flying out, it's less you need to do in post. But... Uh, but I mean, even I mean, like, I don't let's think just it's, think I don't about think, it, right? Right. Even the the liability insurance cost difference probably pays for you, I bet. Yeah. I mean, right. The insurance alone is probably way more expensive to do any of that on set versus doing it 
in post and VFX. The less ask another really good question. How did the Brandon Lee situation work itself out? Because honestly, I don't remember. So long ago. <laughs> but I mean, same situation. Same real, situation. Real rounds in a real gun yeah. shot at an actor who died. By the way, I brought up this conversation or this topic because I wanted Pete to, to kind of go off. Give us more VFX Yes, give us more VFX I guess the only thing that I could see, the only reason I could see for even having fake rounds is for the, the gun itself to have the more realistic kickback. For the like actor the, when the they pull the yeah, trigger. Yeah, right. Otherwise, you know, the actor's got to do a lot more work, but I mean, as live ammunition is... And then I mean, live ammunition. No. <laughs> Why was there live ammunition anywhere on that set in the first place? Anywhere. Why was it even near the gun? Oh my to, god. It to just me seems that, like such beyond an insane. easy problem. And there's all these protocols resolve. and whatever like that. And there's like a series of like four or five different people that are supposed to check it oh, yeah. and none no. of them did it. That movie hasn't come out yet. Does that movie ever come out? No. I think, think it so? does. You, they finished no. shooting it. I think it does. <sighs> It's like Flash, right? Flash is going to put out. They, they pushed it off for a year. They're like, no, exactly. Rem- People will forget about nobody it. Nobody remembers about the kidnapping and the grooming. <laughs> <laughs> nobody remembers that shit. Well, they do now because you just said it. Three, yeah, year, three years from now, Ezra Miller is going to probably be a huge star and no one's going to oh remember God. that. I don't think he is an Miller awful is, human being. I don't Ugh. think Ezra Miller is ever going to be a huge star ever. Again. I think he will. Like, no come on. No way. Who is that really? Jack Hand. No, the, the the good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me guy. You remember who that was? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my God. Al Franken. Stuart Smalley. Al, Al Franken was a really reasonable politician, right? Making really reasonable choices. And he was a shithead when he was a celebrity. And some woman remembered he was a shithead when he was a celebrity. And he got canceled and he's not a politician anymore. I mean, he's not a politician anymore. He's still a comic. <laughs> well, right. Because he can be a comic and be a shithead, I guess. Keep in mind, like, Lou, sure. Louis C.K. got multiple like second choices uh, or second chances. Although now I think he's dead. But, but or, it's, that's <laughs> the way uh, America has a very, very long memory in the age of the Internet. And I don't think he ever comes back from literally kidnapping a at risk youth. I mean, come on. Yeah. I don't so, know if he makes that, if The Flash is a good movie. Jeez. <laughs> you just, imagine being in those meetings for those Warner Brothers executives and you've just made a hundred million dollar movie and you're like, do we put it out? Like, what do you, you really think that's a hard choice for them? I mean, it should be. It should be. Yeah. I would don't you put have it, much would, faith would, in Would you people. put it out, Pete? No. <laughs> <laughs> but then this again, the I'm wrong. not. Yeah, uh, I'm not married to money like all these guys are. So yeah, yeah. If I was, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in the you know doing what I do. Making I do, sweet. I do what I do because I love doing it, not because I want to essentially get free. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, do you want a next topic? So everybody, I have exciting news. Ted Lasso is back. Woo! Hey! And while the premiere was probably great, though I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to watch it tomorrow, I wanted to talk about everyone's favorite fake retired midfielder, Roy Kent. Or more specifically, <laughs> the actor, Brett Goldstein. Uh, uh, I believe play- that is Roy fucking Kent. Roy fucking Kent. Oi! I love you, Keely. So anyway, uh, before playing Roy Kent, Brett was a little-known actor banging around the UK. Now he's writing a hit show on Apple TV, Shrinking. 
and playing a demigod in the MCU. Hercules. Hercules. Uh, why is Brett Goldstein so great, guys? Are you watching Shrinking? And what does life after Ted Lasso, because it's the last season, look like for him? I am. So I do want to watch Shrinking because I'm also a big fan of Jason Siegel. And Harrison Ford is in it, too. Come on. I got to tell you, just Ooh. before you get started, Shrinking is the best show on TV right now. Really? Really? Best show on TV. So funny, so smart. Jason Siegel, like literally forgetting Sarah Marshall form, like funny and <laughs> Wait, sad. Wait, do we see his penis in this one too? I haven't seen it yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it was, it was actually, I was watching uh, the late night shows when, and Jason Siegel, I believe, was on Stephen Colbert, not a, not a sponsor of the show. And <laughs> he, could be. he brought it up that he didn't think that Harrison Ford knew who he was. <laughs> Well, he, so here he's trying to pitch the show to him, and he, he's convinced that Harrison Ford has no idea who he is. Uh, but there was one day that they wore matching track suits while on location. So that was, I, I guess they bonded and whatever like that. And But now, so now they obviously know each other, but it is definitely on my list. With regards to Brett Goldstein, I mean, that man has, he's the epitome of paying your dues and being able to hit a home run finally and getting recognized for what you've done in the past. And I think the, the, He's got an extremely bright future ahead of him because he's a phenomenal writer. Bright. He's a he's phenomenal also writer. Really handsome, right? Yeah, he's a he's a very good looking man, and he's got a British accent. And the outfit for Her- Hercules uh, is ridiculous, but I'm assuming it will be good because exactly, be exactly. Exa- I mean, it's Marvel. You you get involved with Marvel, and so excited. A pretty iconic figure as well. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Is that going to be in Phase Five, or is it going to be? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be the next Thor movie, and I don't know where that lands, especially now that um, uh, Hemsworth might not do them anymore since he has the Alzheimer's gene. That definitely puts a, uh, yeah. He was just like, F this guy, I'm out, I'm taking my great hair, and I'm leaving. As one should. (laughs) As one should, right? You guys have to watch it. You just have to watch it. Um, It's definitely on my list. I still say that Apple TV and HBO Max are still putting out the best content, and I mean that. Um, I did just it, finally yeah, watch the season finale of The Last of Us. I am shocked so at how good. funny Brett Goldstein is. He's, he's hilarious. 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 The writing is so on point. Mm-hmm. And, and for everybody who doesn't know about Trinking, and I'll just give you the, the base like trailer synopsis. Uh, Jason Siegel is a psychiatrist. Uh, he works in a practice run by Harrison Ford, who is a older meaner psychiatrist and um imagine han solo as a psychiatrist jason siegel's wife is just has just died and he is dealing with that grief and so there is a lot of character interaction a lot of character development um there is a hilarious person in the practice too from the daily show she is my favorite and Mm. i really dig it a lot don't say sloan right yes yeah yes Mm. yes I was like, who is this woman and where can I hear her do more no, I, things? I, 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 I mean, I, I remember her with uh, when Trevor Noah was still yep. on the show. I mean, yep. she's still a correspondent on the show. But yeah, she's she's hilarious. Hilarious. Ooh. You and Steph should watch it, Pete. We should. Yeah. No, that that should be on our short list. Yeah, that sounds really mm-hmm. good. I actually I think we do really have a good it. show. Yeah. Have you seen Andy? I've, I've not seen it, but it sounds really good from your description of it. I, I will say about um you know about Roy fucking Kent. Kent and, yeah, yeah. going going back going back to Ted Lasso. I mean the talent that he has is evident. Like and you can see by his timing and the way he can just deliver lines so like dryly and but like 
it was just a very sensitive performance and you could tell by watching him that either one of two things he was absolutely made to play that role which might have been the case but that also like he understands like how to put a comedy together and like all those elements like timing and all that that really go into it so yeah i'm 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 firmly on board with the train of thought that he's just phenomenal i can get on with that it, it he kind of reminds me of nick offerman in that way a little bit where like he can do so much and show so much emotion by showing so little at the same time. Okay. I get, uh, you know what, when you, when you first mentioned Nick Offerman, I, I was like, what? But very now different, you, when you, very different styles in a yes. way, but like the way that they can convey so much with just like a deadpan facial expression is beyond my comprehension. Like that's incredible to me. The last of us, right. You brought it up, Mark. Nick Offerman proved to everyone that he's a real actor. He can act. Yes. Yeah. Straight up real actor. You're like, Oh, 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 oh! But going yeah. going back to Ted Lasso, yeah, I mean, yeah. Roy Kent is not a character that, on paper, you sh- it should be likable. But Brett Goldstein make made Roy Kent right. likable. He does, yes, for sure. That that wouldn't Nisa, work. It's the, the whole same. niece aspect, right? He is this. He's part this of guy. Yeah, I mean, he's this guy who should be hardened. Like his asshole. relationship with Keely too, and Keely, oh, yeah. and just like, oh my god, it's so good. Such a good show. We should get pictures, by the way, and I'm going to, if Pete sends me one, we'll put pictures of Roy, uh, uh, our oh, producer yeah. Pete's Roy Kent uh, Halloween costume. We'll put yeah, it was Roy website. Kent for Halloween. And I, Actually, I even have a photo gallery for that. So, yeah, you have to do that. Yay. There you go. All right. Hey, I guess this might be the next topic. So NBA superstar John Moran has been a sight to see with amazing athleticism on the court and moves that sometimes drop my jaw. Unfortunately, he has been in the news for a completely different reason lately. The NBA and the Players Union have a collective bargaining agreement with that bans players from having firearms and deadly weapons on them at NBA facilities and while they are traveling. Two weeks ago, Moran was shown on social media at a club with a gun in his hand, and he has since apologized for the incident, has been suspended for eight games, and attended a rehab facility. So, gentlemen, what is going on with John Moran, and do we really feel that he's sorry? He is not sorry. And and the NBA said that they couldn't prove that it was his gun. I mean, and it's just literally like, you know, they're all super millionaires and somebody in his entourage has it and like whatever, because he can just like literally fire the guy and he's like, okay, we're good. I mean, I don't think any super millionaires are sorry for anything they do. And I think the NBA is unfortunately filled with a lot of children and and maybe it's their, you know, their, their drafting policies as they're taking kids that are younger and younger. Um, maybe it's the fact that their contracts are just astronomical right now there's so much money in the nba but i mean i don't think he's sorry jay williams uh said on one of the espn shows uh espn not a sponsor that uh essentially he was going through the playbook of what to do when you're in a public affair uh public relations crisis (laughs) the grizzlies just sent him a guy and media relations expert yeah yeah. just sent him a guy like say these things do these things and we'll be fine plausible deniability right plausible that's the that's the term so do we think he's going to get in trouble again probably he has a somewhat of a history of getting in these kinds of events like last summer i guess he th- he threatened a security guard and he he does seem to have maybe some anchor management issues uh but in a lot of respects so kind of being just playing devil's advocate here from a perspective of a an athlete that has been told that you are the best at everything, you are number one and whatever like that, that's that's one reason why I think these guys get an ego 
because they're never told no and they just are told that they're, they're the best at everything so they feel like they can do whatever they want and i wouldn't be surprised if that's what's going on with him as well and the thing is they can i mean they can they can do whatever they want and it's unfortunate but they can um what do they say absolute power corrupts absolutely and I think if you have no concept of rules or money and you've been given no concept of rules or money your entire adult life, then you'd have no concept of rules or money, right? And you're used to getting what you want. You're used to having enough money to do whatever you want. And so you continue to do that. So, yeah, it's the same old story, unfortunately, with a lot of athletes. I mean, hell, Jalen Carter, right? Is that his name? Did I get that name right? <laughs> yeah, it's Jalen Carter. <laughs> and he's uh, He played no contest to uh, uh, drag racing. Yeah, I mean, I was just I was just gonna weigh in on the John Morant thing. Um, you know, whether or not like he is truly sorry for this incident, like to the point of being able to do what he wants, like it's gonna cost him eventually. the The thing to me is like when I saw John Morant last year and was watching games, like I was looking at this guy. I'm like, this guy could literally be the face of the NBA. Yes, like he is. He is that level talented. And, and like, you know, if he continues to let these little things not affect him, or as you say, like, just like, it's not my gun. Here's my excuse. Take a pass. Like he's really only going to hurt himself in the long run because the public is not going to embrace someone that doesn't seem at least accountable to have made a mistake and trying to do something better. And it's kind of a shame because of the level of talent that he has and the level of charisma that he has. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, someone close to him will give him like a wake up call because, you know, I hope for and I want to see in the future better things from John Moran. And I guess that's kind of where I am on that. But, you know, I guess I guess time will tell if he's sorry and if he's contrite enough in time that he doesn't end up really sorry down the long run. I mean, I think that's a real continuation of the problem. Um, there are so many more equally talented more charismatic players in the nba right now i mean luka Doncic is adorable right and joel and b could just throw kevin hart at people <laughs> all, that stuff is, <laughs> all that stuff is great right i love watching joel Embiid and kevin hart go oh, places I together i can't stand joel Embiid. i'm sorry but like little tiny kevin hart he's so adorable next to him they're best <laughs> friends <laughs> I feel like Kevin Hart is best friends with everyone. I mean, I just Kevin I Hart just, is best friends with everyone. I, I just rewatched uh, Hobbs and Shaw, and you know Kevin Hart's in there as, as well. I mean, he's The Rock's best friend, right? And I mean, that's the thing, right? Uh, John Morant has to realize that while he is very talented, he is just a grizzly, and unfortunately, that makes him very forgettable. They're not going to be talking about that at the end of the season. They're going to be talking about if Jason Tatum did something amazing in the NBA Finals, if uh, if Giannis did something amazing in the NBA Finals, because those are the guys that are going to be playing at the end. He does need someone else to be a true contender. I mean, you saw all the trades. You, I mean, Durant went to the Suns. Uh, you had D'Angelo Russell go back to the Lakers, although they're not going to be a, a title <laughs> contender. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. And he was asked actually in an in a, an interview a while ago about who he wants to compete against in the West, and he said the Celtics, because the Aww. Celtics, essentially, yeah, he was downplaying everyone in the West, and he's just like, no, we're gonna make it to the the finals. And at the time, I think they were the number two seed. I don't know what they are now. Uh, well, I mean, time will time will tell. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens if he truly did learn anything, if or whether or not he truly didn't we'll see it's the final topic <laughs> <laughs>
So not as depressing as my normal final topics, but still a little depressing. Um, FIFPro, the Global Professional Football Players Union, wrote a letter to FIFA calling for parity in conditions, facilities, and prize money between the men's and women's World Cups. This letter was delivered to FIFA President Gianni Infantino in October, a month before the start of the men's 2022 World Cup. And the news just came out this week, four months ahead of the Women's Cup, a total of $440 million was allocated by FIFA as prize money for this past men's tournament. And the women's tournament in 2019 prize money was just $30 million. Uh, with petis- petition being signed by 150 national team players on every continent, the sentiment of the soccer word is clear. Uh, will FIFA agree? And do they have to? I think so. For FIFA, one thing I've known about them, it's kind of like the NCAA when they had like all the power clever they don't really have to agree to much of anything because they kind of have cornered the market so until someone else steps in and is going to be like the governing body for worldwide soccer which isn't likely to happen like similar to like what the pga went through with liv like fifa is going to continue to make the rules i think it's a really bad look for them not to thinking of this purely from an american perspective if you look at tv ratings i think the women's national team in the united states is actually comparable or if not higher rated than the men's team because they play bigger games than the men's team does when they get on the world stage like that. Um, If you look at it internationally, I would assume that it's probably different, but it doesn't seem like there's a, you know, dearth in marketability between the two, um, you know, sides. I don't know for sure, but at least in the United States, I know that the women's team is advances farther and therefore carries a lot more, um, Cachet, I guess, is the word I'm looking for with the casual American soccer fan. Um, that being said, at the end of the day, it's a business. And if you're going to put out, what, what was the few said, $140 million of prize money? A 440, so yeah. So like, you have to be able, you have to be sure that you have to profit from that in some way down the road. And if they don't, feel that has the same level of profitability i think fifa is going to make a business decision so is 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 fifa a for-profit organization do we know that whether or not i i would imagine that they're yeah, i'm assuming not. They are. i i actually would imagine that they're not but it's 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 amazing to it's me the profitability of the game though right like someone fully understand that fully understand that how and the women's game in comparison to the men's game you're absolutely right it's probably not along the same level with regards to viewership at least on the international scene but you're absolutely right the women's team for the americans are a hell of a lot better than the men the women have actually won world cups have won gold medals the men you know they 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 actually make it out of the knockout round. Great, that's that's something to celebrate. <laughs> but the fact that women are valued at essentially eight percent of the of as much as the men is is terrible. And do you really think that they're only getting eight percent of the sponsorship money for the women's World Cup versus the men's World Cup? Absolutely not. You still have while while again. Viewership might be a little bit less for the women in general than the men, 
Which is a travesty, too, because the women's game actually, I think, is a lot better than the men's game, too. There's, it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly not a one-to-one correlation. Do you guys want to know the what the highest-paid professional yeah. female soccer player makes? No, it's just going to depress me. It's a million dollars a year, which is actually a lot and by a lot because it's Dennis Rodman's daughter, Trinity Rodman. Oh, in the MLS. <laughs> Only in the MLS. She plays for the Washington Spirit. The highest-paid men's player, Christian Ronaldo... Two hundred million dollars a year. Jesus, that's ridiculous. Wow. And we actually looked at Messi's contract. We we're looking at the highest played um, athletes in the world, and Messi's contract is in astronomical. How much money he's going to make? Well, it's like four hundred million dollars for a four-year contract. Like crazy. That is nuts. But it's return on investment, right? All ROI. If a hundred thousand people go to a men's soccer game, right, a men's football game, and forty thousand, twenty thousand go to a female game, but we're talking specifically the World Cup. Well, sure, I mean, sure. So sure, the, World Cup, the World Cup, the World Cup is being in held in Australia, New Zealand for the women, and they're going to sell out every single game, every single game, just like the men did. And will there be sponsorship? Of course, people are going to be having commercials during the uh, the breaks. I guess I guess not really during the game, but you know, and in, in, um, in between halves. And there's listen, there's an opportunity. Obviously, if and if if they want to charge more money to the sponsors, you know, the sponsors are willing to do that, especially in in America, because I, like like Andy said, we watch women's soccer because they're so much better than the men. They win championships. Oh, yeah, I, for sure. I actually watch the women more than I do the men. I don't watch. I don't watch the men. In yeah. fact, I I actually kind of forgot that they were playing a couple times in this past World Cup. But I am not going to make that same mistake with the women. I am going to watch every single women's World Cup match when in in, in July and August when they're playing. Carly Lloyd's contract for the the female uh, the women's uh, U.S. national team <clears throat> is five hundred eighteen thousand dollars per year. Jeez, like I mean that's, that's a major shame. Sports, that's a yeah, shame that the women like had to. For... That's a shame that the women really had to fight. By the way, to get paid the same amount that the men would have been paid had they won a t- uh, a title or a World Cup or whatever like that. When again, the women are outperforming the men. And every year, consistently. Yeah. Every year. Every year. How much of this is on broadcasters, too? Like, and how are they able to, like, not pay as much for the rights for this thing? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I mean, it's all still on. It's all still ROI. It's all still the fact that Pasternak's contract was humongous this year in the NHL, and it was pennies compared to an NBA contract. Yeah. If they're not going to make the money back, they're not going to spend it, and that's it. I think they're 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 afraid to lose money. That's what they right. are. They're afraid to lose right. money. It's all it's all guaranteed investment. But yet they dole it out for the men's games, and do they really get that much higher ratings? Like, well, not the American men. No, not, not the, the American. American. Yeah, not, yeah. not knowing what the ratings are off the top of my head, I am fairly sure that the women get higher Nielsen ratings than the men. It's in this, hope, country, in this country. In this country, yeah. only. In in the United States, in the United States, they absolutely do. Yeah, I would. I would I would pretty much stake so a lot on that. Why wouldn't I you mean, charge more the, for the, the women States for States. for advertising space? Then I don't know. I don't get it. And it, it's it's not like this is a recent phenomenon. I mean, they've been I, outperforming. I the, they've been outperforming the men for twenty plus years since since the nineteen ninety nine World Cup when Brandon Chastain, you know, threw off her jersey, whatever like that during that winning uh, penalty kick. 
The women have been outperforming the men for well over 20 years. I am upset. I knew you'd Oof. like that one. You, you love equality. And, I love, and, and I, especially when love it comes to soccer. And, ge- and gender sports. Especially love when it comes it, to soccer. It. Oh, yeah. So that has been our 10 topics. Please follow or like us on our socials at If These Balls Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our website is www.iftheseballscouldtalkpod.com where you can see our sports news of the day. You can talk to us through Discord or visit our online store and purchase some show swag. We'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Thank you, Andy. Thanks, Andy. It was my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. This is Mark Pesci, and for my partner, John Companion, and producer, Pete Steffen, that's what we feel they would say if these balls could talk. If these balls-